0: Seventy record closing highs so far for the... Blasting through a ceiling. In a
1: record-setting IPO. Investors who have been riding the wave. When the stock market is booming, we're made to believe the economy is booming.
0: As the stock market goes, so goes the wealth and the health and economy.
1: So what exactly is the stock market measuring?
0: 98.4 Capital FM... This is the 23rd of January 2024, and we are back. So, this is the Financial Forecast, a show that delves into matters finance, economy, money matters, and everything to do with what is happening in the economy, what the IMF is saying, what our banks are telling us. And we are delighted, it has been quite a while, and we are very happy. To give you the highlights of what has been happening in the markets, financially, globally, continental, and here locally. I am Nyambura Ndongo, and I am joined by Ken Gishinga, Chief Economist, Mentoria Economics. Ken, happy 2024. I know it's the 23rd, you're not meant to be saying this. <laughs> this uh, happy 2024, it is at, like the 3rd of January, yeah? But since this is the first episode you're having, and the last time we were together was the 5th of December, it's been a while. How are you?
1: I'm very, very well, uh, Nyambura, and indeed, a uh, happy new year. It's never too late, as <laughs> long as you're in January. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I might
1: as well wish you a happy new year. Right. Uh, it's, um, obviously, it's been close to a month, more it than a month, in, Yeah. and um, for me, it's, I'm excited to be in this year. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a year of great prospects. And I look forward to a very interesting financial forecast. Uh, reloaded, <laughs> right? You know,
0: it's quite interesting that you say it's, you foresee that it's going to be a very interesting uh year ahead when I think we've started with the Kenya shilling finally hitting 160. So, I don't know, you're going to let us know at the end of maybe at the end of the show what has happened or why, why do you forecast that something is in the making. Something good is in the making and you let us know. It seems that there's something that you do not know. So how was the holiday? I know the
1: holiday was good. It's always a uh, time to refresh, Yeah. Um, stretch a bit, True. you know, uh, just look, also reflect on 2023, mm-hmm. which was certainly not an easy year for many Kenyans. It wasn't. So I think a lot of people, the opportunity to sit back, take it all in right. with family right. and friends. I mean, and Open the new year with a uh, fresh, new eyes. I think that's it's always a good gift. And uh, you know, you always say if you have good health.
0: I mean, you're you know, you're your very good. There's something day. that cannot even be measured. Good health is uh, something that is way much more than saying you're okay financially and all that. Did you travel?
1: No, no, no I was very, very much in <laughs> within the city. You're in the city. Uh, but it was a good time for me to just rest. Uh-huh. Um, and just you know, take a step away from the economist okay, for once, okay. so and just be the human being. <laughs> 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 you are
0: the <laughs> The mo'nichi. Listen. Uh-huh.
1: Also, did a lot of listening and okay. reading okay. to what people are really uh, saying, yeah. feeling. So I think it's, it's 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 always a wonderful time, and that's why for a lot of companies, January is one of the best times to do the strategy. Totally, because people come in refreshed mm-hmm. and ready to take on the new year with. Uh, I guess with renewed vigor.
0: Okay, Uh, for myself, I was working. You know, wow.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I wish I had your work Ah, (laughs) ethic.
0: You know, if twenty three was hard, eh? (laughs) you just keep grinding. (laughs) But um, I think we here at Two Rivers, the mall was absolutely busy. busy. It was beautiful. Uh, The clay area at the children's side and outside, there was a lot going on. So I don't know if that's a reflection of optimism within the country, that despite everything that we really went through as Kenyans in 2023, people still had that time to, you know, unwind and say, you know, Uh, you only live once, I I guess. (laughs) And the, the mall was buzzing, everything was good. Uh, I really um, what what do you think was the impact for the Kenyan who was going to the supermarket and I can tell you the prices have also increased like significantly do you think people had that holiday that has been there transport wise did people even go home or um, it was the opportunity cost was instead of us guys going home Let us now use that little money that we have. Um, Come to the mall, you know, come visit Ken at home, and then we do shopping, and then we'll send something uh, at home.
1: I think one of the beautiful things about Kenyans, Mm -hmm. and I think there was a survey that came out recently, well, not recently, a couple of years ago, Mm -hmm. that said Kenyans are the most optimistic, (laughs) resilient group, (laughs) and I think it speaks a lot to our personas right. as Kenyan, that despite the challenges, uh-huh. uh, both globally and regionally and in the country, Kenyans still remain very optimistic. You know, we saw those two surveys that came towards the tail end of last year, yes. where people were um, giving the government a letter grade. Yes.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we did rate them.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right. But the same people yeah. also expected 2024 to be a very good year, good prospect. So hope is, I think, is in our DNA. Mm -hmm. uh, And it's up to now our policymakers really to make sure that they're crafting. Because as you're saying, you know, you go to the supermarket and economics really happens at the supermarket. That is really where because that's where the prices and consumers are meeting, in a meeting uh-huh. and the producer and their product. That's so true. if you want to really study the economy, the supermarkets really tell you a lot. And yeah. you're right. I mean, the prices have skyrocketed. Uh-huh. I think a small tub of butter now is about 500 and... We are not that making pancakes anymore. <laughs> you know? Like I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but thankfully fuel came down a bit. That, that, hallelujah. That was a relief. That was great, um, Sugar has also come down a bit. Yeah. So that, and I'm sure we'll talk about that. Oh, so well, absolutely, it's Kenyans saying yes, mm-hmm. uh, it was a tough one, but we're optimistic. This is a country of great potential. Mm. Uh, we can do much better. Right. And we have to change. So I think the message for today is it's time to change. You okay. can't just do the same, same old thing. things and expect <laughs> different results. So I think the theme for today has to be this is a season for change. This is a season to look at my business, okay. look at my personal life, look at my country, uh-huh. and Are other things that we can do less of and other things we can do more of. And hopefully January can... Expect That's something different. Exactly. So right. I think I'd say that would be the theme for today. It's a season for new things. It's a uh-huh. season for change.
0: Okay. I like that again. So you are listening to us on 98.4 Capital FM. And you can catch us online at wwwcapitalfmcoke slash listen live. We value your comments and your feedback all the time. So please reach us on our WhatsApp line at zero seven. 01984984 on our socials x facebook and you'll reach us at capital fm kenya hashtag financial forecast so ken um you see there's this global report that informs what is happening in the markets every single monday and I know it is done by Mentor Economics, <laughs> so <laughs> you can tell us where can we get this report from. I know I take time every single Monday to go through it because I need to understand what happened. Because w- when we meet for our meeting and when you're setting out um, what it is that you're planning on on working on, and we are such a global market mm-hmm. now, I need to understand what is going on. So where can I get this report?
1: Ah, thank you so much uh, for this, Nyambura. And indeed, it's something that... Um, I can speak to a bit. Um, The idea of the global markets report Mm -hmm. um, actually came up last year. And the idea was the modern business executive um, is too busy to read the business daily every day, to read Reuters Mm -hmm. every day, to Mm -hmm. read Bloomberg every day. So the idea of it was to be able to provide a slot every Monday morning and in 10 minutes or less, you should be able to at least know some of the big things happening globally, right. some of the big things happening in Africa, some of the big things happening in Kenya. Right. And these insights should be able to help you in your day-to-day conversations, whether it's with your relationship manager at the bank, yeah. maybe you're negotiating mm-hmm. your fixed yeah, deposits. Is, Yo. exactly, mm-hmm. uh, Maybe it's uh, with a business idea you have. So it's really designed to, every Monday morning, to give you 10 minutes. Yeah. So we try to pick the big stories. We analyze them. Um, and really, you can access it by e- emailing us at info mm-hmm. at mentoria.co.ke. It's definitely something we really want to scale up. Right. Because we notice there's a big uh, demand mm-hmm. for it. Yes. Uh, people nowadays are much more keen on what's happening on the economy. I want to know what's this G2G government exactly. deal. Why is the currency yeah. at 160? Okay. Why? I mean, there are so many why's. True. And we can't answer all of them, that is but true. we try to just highlight a few. And within ten minutes, before you have your first meeting at nine a.m. Yeah. on a Monday morning, you, you should be able to know at yeah. least I know yeah. a couple of things. And right. um, yeah, for me, I think it's it's it's, it's something that has been really great. Good. You know, if you look at last year, right. there was the issue of Angola leaving OPEC.
0: <laughs> you know, we forecasted that. Huh? We did forecast <laughs> we did. that.
1: You know, and yeah. I didn't expect it to happen <laughs> as soon. As he as f- did, yeah. <laughs> maybe they listened to <laughs> us. <laughs> I saw that I you saw know? that
0: article and I was like, can we say this, didn't <laughs> you? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh-huh. So
1: anybody who's keen on it, uh, email us at info at mentore.co.ke. Right. Uh, get it as part of your uh, knowledge pack. It is. Uh, some people tell us it's a good s- supplement to The Economist. Yeah. Many people read that. But see, mm. The Economist is very global. Is
0: it's Very so heavy as well.
1: This gives you a bit of uh, what's happening. You have localised. locally in information, here.
0: Okay, and that is good because information I say is always power. So if you go to a table and you have that information, that is always your partner. So, and life is all about negotiation. Let me tell you, everywhere you're negotiating. So, if at all you know, this is the best I can do, stick to that. Ken, it's been a while. What has happened in the markets? What has been the highlight of what has happened? Let's begin global uh, since December. I know, you know, um, the holidays were checking in and then we are seeing a lot of activity now with politics really heavy in states. uh, uh, But how has it been? What has happened in the Americas? um, And I know we are going to talk about China and Germany as um, you highlighted in the report. Well,
1: 2024 first of all, is expected to be a very political year. Right. We have a number of elections, mm. I think about 64 Yo. elections across the world okay. covering about 49% of the global population. So it's going to be wow. a huge political year. Big countries like India, yeah. which is the l- largest democracy, mm, okay. the United States in November, um, even the EU you know, has its own um. Um, elections. It's going to be a very political year and the geopolitics how people perceive the economy will influence how they vote. Right. So I think uh, the politics of this year will dictate a lot of the economics we see mm-hmm. in future years. It's a very political year, the most elections in history. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously global sentiments. If you start with the America, Americans right. appear to be a bit more optimistic now mm-hmm. with the economy. Um, inflation has been coming down. The latest uh, consumer survey by University of Michigan um, is at its highest point okay. in a couple of years. So Americans are pretty uh, positive about uh, 2024 and the prospects. Uh, do you uh,
0: think that has to do with uh, like the optimistic about the political landscape and, you know, when everything is about politics? You're seeing a change.
1: Well, funny enough, it's it has almost nothing to do with the politics. Okay, and in fact, I saw an interesting article why Americans are still wary about the politics, but they are they have a good outlook on the economy. I think um, the Trump yeah. Biden well, yeah. affair will be its own okay. will have its own merit. But I think it's more of the fact that inflation is uh, finally being contained. Okay. But most importantly, in the U.S., which you don't see in many other parts of the world, mm-hmm. is wages are adjusting uh, with inflation. So, yes, prices are going up, mm-hmm. but people's uh, salaries and wages are also going up. up. So the net effect much, yeah. is people still feel their purchasing power has not been compromised. And that's why many times on this show I've said the big problem we have in Kenya is not really inflation. Right. Its wages are not keeping up. With inflation. with inflation we are not you um, are not seeing the kind of adjustments and that's a deep topic that uh, one day we should go right. deep and dissect that's <coughs> it the second largest economy China mm-hmm. uh, obviously also had a very tough tough time yeah uh, remember we talked about the property market making the economy on uh, on the verge of collapsing yeah It appears, the latest data, that it's slightly better.
0: Yeah, it grew by 5.2%.
1: 5.2%, exactly. Mm. And the the government is supplementing what was private sector activity that has gone down. Now the government is supplementing with public sector um, investments. And um, Xi Jinping himself, uh, New Year's Eve, he gave a speech. And for the first time, he admitted that the Chinese economy has not been doing well. Young people are looking for jobs. You know, Nyambura, Those was time though, they even suspended announcing the unemployment rates mm-hmm. in China around September, but now they've resumed
0: right.
1: because I think it was getting it was a bit too high and yeah. obviously a bit too political you, yeah. um, at yes. that point. Mm-hmm. And that's China. When you look at uh, Europe, obviously Germany is the powerhouse yeah. of Europe. You know, we, we spend too much time talking about the UK yes, here because of our historical mm-hmm. ties, mm-hmm. but really Germany is the powerhouse. Of Europe And Germany contracted last year. Wow. Uh, and when the biggest economy in Europe contracts, it tells that you a lot, a lot about the rest Europe. of Europe. So I'd say America positive, China, China positive. I'd say 50-50, <laughs> but Europe will still yeah. looks pessimistic. Okay. But hopefully once interest rates maybe start coming down, you might see the revival. But definitely America is what is driving global driving. growth um, as we speak
0: would you Would we say there's a correlation between the russia Ukraine and uh, Europe, considering how heavy it's gas that they really get from from Russia has that really are we now really getting to see the impact now upon Europe for this war
1: oh, that's a very powerful observation and uh, indeed Europe was so dependent yeah. on Russian gas. Mm-hmm. And when inflation started creeping up, it was energy prices that were driving it up. Right. So obviously, uh, and, and when the banks decided to slu- to raise interest rates, it was because of that inflation. Yeah. So definitely, people are worried about um, mm-hmm. that type of dependence. Obviously, now there's a big push to try and look for other energy sources right. uh, in America. Even in Africa, there are some African countries have been approached. To be able to supplement European energy, yes. So I think that dependence has been a source of concern. Right. Uh, But I think right now they appear to be winning themselves off that. But it takes time. I mean, the kind of infrastructure that was put uh, to deliver gas from Russia to Europe was state of the art. Okay. That was done over. A, a very long time. Long time. time. Very to long undo time. that is... It's, it's going
0: to take also a very o- long time. Absolutely. Okay, so which countries in Africa are they looking at? The <laughs> ones that left okay? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Possibly Angola. <laughs> I don't I don't. But I, I know there are a couple of West African countries. I need to check, but I mm-hmm. do remember reading a country in West Africa that has been approached okay. to be able to provide um, some gas. But also when you talk about the legs of Mozambique, right. they've had shipments of energy to destinations in Europe that have not been um, identified. Okay. So definitely, you know, there is um, trade happening. And, um, yeah, energy drives. Food and energy are sort of oh the biggest right. drivers of global um, economics and mm-hmm. global politics. Yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, looking at the markets, so we're looking at the S&P, and it, according to the report that shared by Mentoria Economics, was that the S&P scaled a new all-time high on Friday. So, again, is this part of the optimism that uh, you're talking about, that the markets are also responding to? Is that is that it?
1: It is, it is part of it. It's one part of the story. Uh-huh. The other part is expectations that uh, interest rates will start coming down People ask when. I say possibly summertime this year. Mm. So already I think the markets are beginning to price in. The idea that um, interest rates will come down. And one thing that happens when interest rates come down, stock markets always go up. Because that means cheaper money that goes to buying stocks. So I think those are the two issues driving it. Really um, the inflation Inflation? that's becoming a bit more Mm -hmm. manageable. Um, interest rate outlook looking positive, right? Um, but the electoral part is still uh, very unclear, yeah. obviously. So, Donald Trump winning Iowa, mm-hmm. some of those big caucuses. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's g- it's going to be very interesting what happens in uh, November. But I'd say uh, those first two are what's okay. are driving um, positivity. Yeah, uh,
0: so you've mentioned that it is an expectation like they're expecting the interest rates but people are still buying so is it part of since the wage there's an adjustment so you still have a little bit more money to actually plug in to the markets and uh, trade or it's just speculative
1: That's one part of it. I think the bigger part has to do with the fact that um, let's take a typical company like Microsoft, for example. The idea that if global interest rates uh, come down, Microsoft should be able to do what it does better. Uh So that means it's valuation. Mm -hmm. They'll be able to sell more products. They'll be able to build more products and sell more products. And that's typically the thinking that is tied when people look at interest rates. They say when money is cheaper, it means companies can be able to invest more, to buy more, to hire more people. So their valuation goes up. So people start buying with the expectation that the stock price will go up because the company is actually just doing more Mm -hmm. with uh, much, uh, much more affordable credit.
0: Okay. So... We are going to go into a brief break and we shall be back. 98.4 Capital FM. Good evening. And this is the Financial Forecast. a show that seeks to delve into matters, economy, money matters and finance. Yambura Ndongo alongside Ken Gishinga, chief economist, Mentoria Economics. Now, before the break, we were discussing what has been happening in the global uh, sector. So... Coming closer to what has been happening in the major markets in the big five economies in Africa, Ken, um, we have discussed Angola and what we had foreseen is going to happen. <laughs> so I think it's a good thing for them. But what do you think are the next steps now for Angola? Did they officially like break? Um, do they already have a market? Uh also, we see a lot has happened in Tanzania with their interest, uh, interest rate-based bo- uh, monetary system. And then there's also been news from Ghana. So I think we can start off with Angola. W- did they really break? And um, do they have a market? or like, I'm sure they thought this thing through. I mean, they had seen it coming and uh, they're seeing they're being shortchanged. So was it a good thing? Is it going to assist the economy? What are your What's your take on that?
1: Yeah, there's plenty happening on the African continent Mm -hmm. uh, beyond (laughs) (laughs) Afcon. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Angola is it's an interesting uh, story. You know, Angola is a Lusophone country, one of the few uh, Portuguese-speaking countries in Africa. And before I speak about Angola, one of the most common questions that we've been getting right now, uh-huh. is our outlook on energy prices, right. uh, fuel prices. Uh-huh. And uh, in a past interview, I said, we might see energy prices actually f- falling a bit okay, uh, because of the non-OPEC countries boosting their supply. Uh-huh. So now that brings in Angola, uh, moving from an OPEC country to a non-OPEC mm-hmm. country. You see, Nyambura, in the past, if... Uh, fuel prices were coming down, Uh, the OPEC, uh, which is actually a cartel, Mm -hmm. would tighten supply of oil. So that would create a flaw to prices. But now the non-OPEC countries Mm -hmm. have had significant capabilities that they're able to offset. Mm -hmm. So I think we expect to see increased production from non-OPEC countries, and that might offset the tightening of supply that we saw last year with the Saudi Arabias uh-huh. and, and such. So I think Angola is seeing this trajectory of non-OPEC countries now being the masters of their destiny uh-huh. and saying we should not be bound uh-huh. by uh, contracts in the Middle East. Yeah. This is our God-given resource and we badly need to make money out of it. So I think it's a bolder. Uh, assessment and I expect to see the non opec countries which are quite significant coming up. You know, countries like Uganda to next door actually expected to, you know, join uh, this fraternity of oil producing countries. So I think moving forward that will be the direction Yeah,
0: Ken, we are going to come back and you're going to highlight more on Uganda. So it is 7.01 p.m. and you are listening to 98.4 Capital FM with KCB Bank. The bank that opens doors and gives you a chance to walk towards a future that's better. KCB Bank, for the people, for better. The
1: best mix of music, Capital
0: FM. And we are back, 98.4 Capital FM, financial focus with myself, Nyambura Ndongo, and alongside Ken Gishinga, Chief Economist, Mentoria Economics. Now, Ken, as we got into the top of the hour, you are telling us how Uganda is also planning on coming in to the non-OPEC producing. And there is something for them. Please carry on.
1: Yeah, you know, people always ask, you know, what does it take to be an oil-producing country? I mean, even Kenya had yeah, significant had res- reserves and prospects. What happened? And, and and in fact, some of these discoveries were made as far back as the seventies. Uh, what makes a country viable? Yeah, it's not really the reserves, but it's at what price point mm-hmm. does it become a competitive? At what price point, global price point? Okay, does it become viable? And you'll find most of these countries. Even with fuel prices fairly low, they are still profitable. Uh There are some countries where you'll probably have to have fuel in the triple digits for it to justify uh, excavating uh, that oil. But obviously Uh Uganda has done its math. It's Uh possibly going to join. Uh, But yes, now you have this whole new club fraternity of non-OPEC producing producing countries. countries. And I think in the future they're going to have as much clout as OPEC producing countries and that's why our outlook right. our energy outlook is okay. typically would have said prices will go up because mm-hmm. of tightening effects but this year our outlook has been actually we might see fuel prices uh, naturally coming down because if the global environment is slowing down right. naturally do expect fuel prices, prices to come down up. but that hasn't been the case in the past yes. but so I think with with renewed activity from the non-OPEC I think that will truly offset what's what we're seeing
0: and do you think one of the things that really holds uh, for you to know that you have such a very uh, strong natural what um, asset is it the cost of actually drilling and getting and refining is that why countries take some time before they actually discover that we can actually get into this
1: Well, I think most countries are well aware Ah. on what uh, is underneath their ground. Most countries, um, including Kenya, have done a proper uh, profiling of their minerals in the country. Mm -hmm. Uh, But again, it's the commercial entities that eventually come to partake. And for a commercial entity, they're looking for profit. So whatever activity they do must always be offset by some reward okay. to at least to justify yeah. that. And that's what we find many countries that are sitting on huge reserves mm-hmm. are don't drill because maybe the mathematics has not quite uh, put it as a profit making. You know, people talk about Kenya and, you know, during Moikibaki's, uh ten yeah. there was that huge excitement yeah. about Lokicha yeah. and all that prospects. Um, but yeah, that kind of became a bit cloudy and, and and I think it's a conversation that sh- should be brought back because exactly. at some point people are even hoping we might renew part of that yeah. uh, fuel here. But, you know, they said the thickness of the substance was too heavy. There was quite a bit in there. And hopefully we might have a petroleum engineer one day to come and really break it down. But, you know, Uganda have consistently pursued their behind their calendar. Right. But we do expect them at least, if not this year definitely within the next two years okay. um, to join um, that fraternity.
0: I like the way you've not really delved much into what happened in <laughs> Kenya and <laughs> I'm looking at you like I need more information. So <laughs> maybe I'll get to do a little bit more research <laughs> and we can come and discuss it next week uh, on Tuesday, God willing. But in Ghana, <laughs> you know every time we talk about Ghana, uh, m- there is a lot of comparison in what is happening right here in Kenya in terms of our debts? And Ghana has reached an agreement with external creditors for debt restructuring. First of all, are these ex- external creditors? Is that the IMF? Is that who they call the external? And what really happened to their debts?
1: Well, well, the external creditors, IMF is part of them, but there are many others, the Eurobond. Which is a commercial paper right. that many investors have, and you're absolutely right, Nyambura. When people talk of Ghana. Um, they're always asking, "Will Kenya go?"
0: Mm-hmm. Are we getting there? That
1: in fact, in fact, I think we had a whole podcast we dedicated yeah. to that topic last year. In fact, you know, many people sometimes come and ask us. You know, we're holding these bonds. Yes, are we gonna go the Ghana, uh, the Ghana way? way? <laughs> it's such a perennial concern. You know, uh, and 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 you know, in fact, that has been expanded a bit. People know about Ghana, people mm-hmm. know about Argentina, right? And they know about Greece, so Listen. they always ask which 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 of these <laughs> which three situations. Because if you look at the trajectory each of those three countries had to their debt crisis, it was very different. different. It was very different. You know, you know, Tolstoy had that famous quote mm-hmm. in his book *War and Peace* that uh, all happy f- families are alike. Yeah but all unhappy families are <laughs> unhappy in their own way. So I think when you're all successful, we're all similar.
0: Yeah. But time. when we go through
1: a crisis, there's <laughs> either the Greece yeah. flavor the or Argentina. the Argentina flavor or and the, the Ghana flavor. Ghana,
0: it is much closer.
1: <laughs> so a lot of people ask whether there will be a Kenyan flavor. <laughs> and you see, that's,
0: that's, the, that's the interesting bit about economics and markets, right? Right. Because policies and... I mean, even business and w- the theories and the um, aspects that we learn in business school are based on what happened in the financial downtime of 2007 and what we are not meant to do. And these are the policies and these are the market indicators that we are meant to look at. So if at all we are not learning from that. And every time something comes up, you are like, hmm, now... I guess we start from ground zero. So, if all these three cases are different, then where are you going to be lean- leaning at, in terms of policy making, or case studying, or benchmarking? Like, you know, you isn't know, it just like you know, that's <laughs> an incredible
1: <laughs> question, and I think it it touches on how do countries learn yeah. and keep learning. Even beyond political cycles, how do you have this brain trust Mm -hmm. that is constantly learning? I think Moikibaki had this interesting idea of the National Social Economic Council. This was a council that brought the government, the private sector, civil society. It's actually the one that midwifed the vision 2030. And I think the idea behind it was that this would be a permanent brain trust that would be above even the political cycles, and would have institutional memory to say, hey, remember the
0: 90s? This is what happened. Exactly. These are the signs that you're leading to that.
1: Absolutely. It's kind of faded in its mm-hmm. uh, standing. I don't know why. I think it needs to be revived. Right. But every country, ne- in fact, Egypt uh, last week launched its own version of right. Of this, you need an organ that should be able to do first comparative studies: yeah. Ghana, mm-hmm. Greece, the Argentina, these are the things and it should it be is. above mm. the political cycle and say, "We did this during the Moy time; it was this painful," and and that. And I think there is a big policy right. prescription. You know, you are always telling us, mm. "Give us policy prescriptions." Mm-hmm. That's one <laughs> having a brain trust okay. that's permanent and outside of even government that is constant. It's like government's friend. Yeah. But it's outside. But, but it's it, always yeah. it's giving you research. It's independent. Okay. You know, some people will ask, "Okay, isn't that the purpose of Kipra? Mm-hmm. Possibly, isn't that the purpose of Kenya School of Monetary Studies?" Guess what? It's closing down. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there is much that <laughs> we need to. <laughs> oh, you didn't get the memo. <laughs> oh my God.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Unfortunately, Clearly, the good school yeah, is closing down, which which is quite Kenya sad. Kenya School
0: of Monetary Studies.
1: Yeah, I hope you've been there. It's an excellent institution. I mean, you go there, you actually feel like in Europe or in the U.S.
0: Well, if at all what they are teaching is anything to go by, what should we say about... <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> uh, <it's> not <laughs> <into that>. <laughs> 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 If you cannot apply, <laughs> what it is that you're teaching.
1: <laughs> I think we'll get to that when we get to the Kenya seg- segment. But, right. but indeed, you ask about Ghana. You know, Ghana got there, obviously like many African countries Mm -hmm. where they invested heavily in, obviously, infrastructure, invested heavily. The outlook was the future is bright. So let's borrow when money is cheap and Mm -hmm. let's put in infrastructure. They did quite a bit in the public sector. Maybe some things would have Mm. maybe been done by the church or the The private private sector. sector. Like, for example, one of the big cathedrals... Okay. in Accra, uh-huh. which the president is very proud of. Okay. Excellent monument, but a lot of people felt this is not okay. government's right. work. Okay. Maybe a, the church should be should have the one putting that. So you find those heavy expenditure, now maybe um, COVID came, oh, you are wow. a bit leveraged. You know, So it's a different story from Greece okay. which and um, Argentina, okay. which have their own um, narratives towards their path. But okay. once you are there... Now IMF needs to have a sit down with you mm-hmm. and you need to do some serious um, structural adjustments which tend sometimes to be quite painful ah, because as, we we can yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> as you're already filling your yes, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's always a challenge.
0: Okay, So now that you've touched on the IMF and I know we're just about to discuss it in a bit let's divert slightly to Tanzania and they have changed their uh, monetary system Interest-based monetary system. So, Ken, what is that, and what did they have uh, before that? So, what necessitated this change?
1: Well, uh, monetary policy really is uh, the science, the art, and the science of being able to determine how much money an economy needs. Right. When you have too much money, uh, you end up having inflation. Yeah. When you have too little money you end up having unemployment right so you need to find the sweet spot mm-hmm. those are the two main concerns how do you find a place where inflation is not too high but also unemployment is not too low mm-hmm. so that's what monetary policy is about
0: if i remember correctly when <laughs> i was i was doing school okay school is all the time but the one statement that made things always easier was inflation is at times there'll be too little money chasing too many goods and then there was too much money chasing too Too few few goods goods, yes so for now we are at little money chasing (laughs) (laughs) more goods
1: (laughs) yeah absolutely actually you must have been a very good 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 student because uh, (laughs) inflation is tied to money in fact it was Milton Friedman, you know, mm-hmm. who said inflation is always and everywhere yes. a monetary phenomenon. So yeah. it's about the quantity of money. Mm-hmm. Now, the way many countries determine the quantity is through interest rates. Right. And what we've talked about last year and mm-hmm. part of today is interest rates, when they become well, too high, yeah. the amount of money reduces, reduces people borrow less, yes. and that affects. So for Tanzania, they've really l- been looking at the quantity of money. Okay as a quantum. Okay. You know, how do we reduce, how do we increase? And that's fine. Yeah. I mean, Um, that's what government should do. That's what government should do. Um, I think they want to now borrow from other countries of using interest rates, which is more sensitive towards, it's a more sophisticated Mm. um, tool um, towards managing the amount of money moving around. So that's where the world is moving to. So when you have a statement, you say we have increased interest rates or, you have I think they want to join that family of nations okay. that give that type of um, commentary. But even what they have been doing mm-hmm. works. Okay. When you'll be able to uh, re- increase or reduce the amount of money in terms of the quantum, right. that also works. But I think they want to refine it, especially as the issue of Kenya, Uganda, and Tanzania converging. Okay. I think maybe that's one of their conditions, maybe, yeah. for them um, to converge. But both of them work. Oh, okay. And there's something called the quantity theory of money, okay. which really talks about how much money is in a system. And people always ask how much money should an economy <laughs> have? That's <laughs> an interesting um, question over there. But I would I would assume the the impact on the economy will be negligible. Okay. I think it's just the sophistication of it. Even though some people argue that The transmission of interest rates to the real economy sometimes is not one for one. Yes. Sometimes you find the CB cases that have increased interest rates, Mm. but the commercial banks have not Um, increased. Or sometimes they have reduced, but commercial banks have not. So some people still argue is there a true transmission of monetary policy to the real economy? That's always a big um, concern, particularly in Kenya. In many parts of Africa, that's always a big concern, and that's the reason sometimes it's not the world doesn't come to a standstill when the CBK issues right. a monetary policy. policy. But when mm-hmm. the Fed speaks, you know, the yes. world comes to a standstill, people trade because it has an immediate impact, impact. Whether it's your market, mortgage right. that will change from tomorrow, um, but you see, in Kenya, that's that's not the way, so it'd be interesting to see how. Tanzania now they're moving towards this mechanism are able to overcome that challenge okay. that has been in particularly many developing countries where what the central bank does and says is still not very connected mm-hmm. to the person who's on the ground. On on the ground. You know, sometimes I remember a few years ago when interest rates had gone up a bit, and I remember asking some Kenyans, how are you reacting mm, to, to the high interest yet. rates? And one Kenyan told me, you know, for us, we've never borrowed from banks. We borrow from oh, circles, circles. And you our the circles rate is,
0: has never changed.
1: Right, they have never changed. Yep. So those are dynamics that okay. sometimes make the transmission ah, signal I mean, it's, not it's as powerful be. as yeah. in the US or in Europe.
0: You know, as you were discussing about the brainchild for our late president, is that what they have in the US? That's why they're able to detach their politics very well with their economy. Now I'm just thinking in hindsight because I think they've cracked that code if at all they are seeing the wage adjustment is actually okay, the inflation is actually coming to... I think it's stable and they're still gearing into a political season and I can tell you here I think things stop by the two years before (laughs) the elections and then now we have a whole year of recovery. So... Is that something that the US have cracked?
1: Well, they do have the Council of Economic Advisors, right. but even that is tied to the political cycle because okay. every president oh, we'll comes with his advisors. own advisors. That's true. But when you think about the Fed, mm. it's fairly independent. Okay. Uh it's uh if you think about the data points, like the one we've just talked about, the University of Michigan right. um consumer mm-hmm. sentiment, that's a university Okay. producing yeah, it. Yeah. So it's not a government. Mm-hmm. So I think the fact that America have a lot of data points that on come out f- not just from the government but come out from, from other, other segments. Yeah. So whether it's uh I think there's a time we talked about real estate and we talked about some yes. index. Yes, yes. Uh, So you have a lot of private sector okay. companies have their own okay. index. Okay. The PMI index. So you cannot look at it from a political perspective. Okay. You have independent yeah. sources and I think the fact that they have such a plethora of exactly, that, yeah. it, it now becomes above politics. Okay. In Kenya, and the outside of the government, yes, okay, now we have the PMI. Right. Uh, we have, okay, we we'll have some, a few opinion polls. Right,
0: there are opinion polls. But yeah,
1: but our Which universities don't produce, if and I wish our university would look at what University of Michigan is doing and saying we need the University of Nairobi Consumer Index, mm-hmm. the Economics Department. Right. Our private companies, you know, uh-huh. we've been challenging at, at Mentoria right. to take an index and own right. an index. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so I think it's important that all the players have an index so yeah. that when you all sit on the table, mm-hmm. we can all say the economy is good, nice. is average. It's but right now, it's still of depends on who's saying exactly, it's, it's uh, a very subjective. And that's where somebody will say is the economies are exactly. stabilized. Everybody's yeah, asking, Mr. What does Moon. it mean to stabilize? Uh-huh. We don't even have unemployment, chiefly. I think the most important statistic is unemployment numbers. We don't have, we don't have that. frequent conversations on unemployment, and that's you've the, talked about that a lot. The number one uh-huh. indicator that government should provide, and everybody to say yes.
0: Beyond debate.
1: Yeah. Here are the numbers. These are the numbers the That's facts. it. I I, and I would right. love mm-hmm. for the government to take up that challenge okay. and say every first Friday, like in the US, we're going we to are going publish to
0: employment. Before.
1: not just for Kenya, but mm-hmm. breaking on to counties. Right. So Kirinyaga County. Yes. Lamo County. So at least you're able to see where are jobs being created. Mm-hmm. Where are they not being created? So even your policy becomes very specific. If it's Garissa, you'll say, let's focus more on Garissa. Right. Maybe there's a Something. monetary issue mm-hmm. in Garissa. Money is not circulating in Let's let's form. So for me, that's, I think, the policy prescription that I would say is possibly the most important.
0: Well, I know somebody who, <laughs> through Mentoria, <laughs> can take up the challenge. <laughs> so again, as we are discussing how the CBK... Uh, has a heavy hand. I can tell you one person who has a very heavy hand on Kenya right now. <laughs> <laughs> it is the IMF, <laughs> and I think from the time we checked into Happy Twenty Twenty Four, fireworks, 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 <laughs> Kenyans set for new taxes as <laughs> as uh, the regulator sets more terms. In the money that you meant, so at the beginning of the year it was eight hundred and six billion, is it? I think, um, yeah, I think it was something like about over eight hundred billion that the IMF has said that uh, we need to actually get, and then uh, they released hundred and fifty billion, okay. right? And then they have given us uh, a report saying that half of the banks in Kenya are, leading, uh, are actually leaning on CBK for liquidity support now as uh, I was listening to you saying how you know the correlation between our interest rate the CBK and now we are saying that the banks are actually leaning on CBK and let me CBK is trained because you know the government is trained so what does that mean for us and then yeah we're looking at more taxes <sighs> over to UK <laughs>
1: You know, Nyambora, <laughs> it's you are so right. I mean, we had barely cleaned out the fireworks, oh, man. <laughs> you know, from the fireworks show <laughs> when that story home. came. And I remember reading the comments <laughs> on Instagram. It's always yes. very. Far. I, I spend a lot of time reading the comments. Uh-huh. I think I, even, a, I spend yeah. more time reading the comments than the actual the story. Uh, that's true. And people are like true. we have barely started the year.
0: Give us time to breathe. <laughs>
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> and indeed, uh, you know that one fifty billion landed, right. and I think Kenyan side, uh, at least the Kenyan officials, uh, breathed a sense of relief. I
0: can tell you. But
1: That's obviously, it. the new conditions to really accelerate revenue mobilisation—that uh-huh. eight hundred billion over the next three years—that right. means you have three fiscal years, and of high taxes, of high taxation. Targets. And for me, I really feel for the administration because I always ask, <laughs> when will they get the chance to do the bottom-up <laughs> in 2027? Because <laughs> that's the time now. I mean, what's three years from today?
0: Oh, my gosh.
1: <laughs> it'll be 2027. Wow, it'll be time for elections. I i where is the bottom-up?
0: <laughs> I like how that came from <laughs> the hand. Like, you really feel. No, I really feel really because,
1: imagine Yambora, you've spent so much money running a campaign. Right. You want to do all these things. But now you have these external people. The person who is meant to
0: vote for you is is in pain, (laughs) literal pain. (laughs) And you're telling them, listen, guys, it's not what it looks like. Uh, You see, I came in, I had good intention, (laughs) but the coffers were
1: empty. (laughs) They said the road to hell is paved with (laughs) good intentions. Yeah, but so I I, I do feel, I do feel. Ah. And and actually, in the run-up to the elections Uh last year, I remember a journalist asked me that question. Right should this, both Azimio and Kenya Kwanza,
0: uh-huh.
1: when they were rolling out their manifestos, right. a, a very keen journalist asked me,
0: mm-hmm.
1: aren't both of these two horses right. that are campaigning, are they aware of, of the, the fiscal the economy, situation right. of the country? Because the promises they were making then, huge for anybody who understood the economics, you'll
0: get money at the end of the month, you I,
1: know. I, I, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just because. Exactly, and for me, I remember asking them. I was like, "Yeah, it, our physical space looks quite, uh, very, very thin, mm-hmm. and it's it's hard to understand how, for both, and Kenya Kwanzaa, how they would plan to yeah. achieve these things. The fact that many Kenyans didn't poke Lovely. holes yeah. into that. I mean, the campaign euphoria when it gets there, it really gets yes, there. Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, I mean, becomes almost psychological. We're always choosing against not for. <laughs> at some point. But uh-huh. yeah it, it it and I think in future years, you know, people now need to um, sit back and you know hopefully maybe shows like this help right. in people understanding what is realistic yeah. and what's not realistic. So that even when they're Politician comes in and adds their political Mm -hmm. flair, you're able to be like, okay, that's that sounds good.
0: Yeah, it sounds good, but right, and
1: and 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 I think that's 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 the key thing. So it's 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 a concern. And and I like what you've said about the CBK, yeah, because fiscal policy and monetary policy um, should agree, and a government should always choose one priority Mm -hmm. at a time. That's a very, very important, because there are many objectives you can choose in economics. You can say, "I want to be Our the jobs mm-hmm, president, mm-hmm. I want to be the inflation stabilizer right I want to be the infrastructure president, so Should all be. of those are legitimate, yeah, but you have to choose them one at a time. So now the challenge is mm-hmm. um, the administration here is trying to achieve multiple. Objectives at the same time. Number one, you're trying to raise revenue to right. pay off your debt. Mm-hmm. Um, when you do that, it means liquidity becomes very tight. Yes. And you're central bank money. is trying to fight inflation. So they're raising <laughs> interest rates. Right. So money is also it becomes tight. Mm-hmm. So you have almost uh, the two at odds. And one of, you know, they they say people, choose your struggle. Pick a struggle. Pick a struggle. Uh And that's what they did in the U.S. They said inflation is our struggle. Let's focus on inflation.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: But the challenge you have in Kenya is you're trying to control inflation. So you hike interest rates and make things tighter. But you're also trying to collect revenue. So you're
0: increasing. And
1: increasing revenue. So you end up in a double whammy.
0: Literally, you're sucking out all the money from the economy.
1: And now banks have to now support get money from, you know, banks love to borrow from each other right. through the interbank market. Mm-hmm. Banks really like to go to the CBK. CBK. So when you see half the banking sector is going to the, the regulator, this is what they call the land of last resort. Yeah, that, yeah. Basically all other
0: avenues uh, are also dried up.
1: Dried up, the yes, bonds you can't sell any of your bonds because interest rates are so high. You know, the price yeah. of a bond is inversely
0: right. correlated to, to the
1: interest rate. So nobody can buy a bond, you have all these yeah. bonds. If you sell it, you book a loss. Yeah. So it's 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 a, it's a tough time. But I think it goes back to that point of you have to pick a struggle. Pick a struggle. And say, either it's IMF or it's inflation. We, <laughs> we can't do both. <laughs> we need to focus on one and achieve that.
0: Uh, yeah, I, I I totally feel because I also cannot see. You can also not reduce the taxes because. Okay, you'll have to look for other avenues of collecting tax other than the already overtaxed Kenyans. We saw that uh, KRA already have not met the the targets that they had set out for. Um, our governor Ndongo also was a bit apprehensive. Like, we are foreseeing, the way things are going, we are foreseeing that we are not going to get that money that we looked out for. So Ken, what other avenues...
1: Well, for me, I don't think, and a lot of people say it's about increasing the taxes. Mm. For me, it's actually reconfiguring right. the taxes. Some people will end up, end up paying more, mm-hmm. and yeah. others will end up paying less. Yeah. So for me, it's the reconfiguration that's needed. What we have right now, it's we are very heavy on consumption taxes. Yeah. And what consumption taxes do is our people stop right. consuming. It's fuel. We see when VAT on fuel went up. Fuel consumption went down. So we need to make sure our tax policy is aligned with production and capacity to produce. So people who have a great capacity to produce need to pay their fair share. So for me, it's not really about increasing taxation, but reconfiguring Reconfiguring. it to production. So the people who have been endowed with the factors of production... Mm -hmm. They also need to have the responsibility of carrying a big part. Right. Uh, and the people who have minimal capacity to produce it yeah. needs to be and that's what you call a progressive a progressive tax system where you know to whom much is given. Yeah,
0: much is expected.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. You're meant to give us an outlook. Now that this is the first show that we are having for financial forecast. But before we get to that, I see our time is actually up. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm seeing David Sayega here. But the conversation is absolutely so interesting. The sugar prices, as you had said, are, um, are increasing. Or oh, they're reducing, sorry. We are expecting that the sugar prices are reducing. But our imports are also increasing, Right. And we can see uh, with the dollar, there there are companies that are actually going to be making money. So this is like a double-edged sword. For me, I get my sugar at a much cheaper price. But we are importing. We are importing can. We are meant to be growing our agricultural sector, which is the biggest that adds to our economy, which is hurting, which the government needs money. (laughs) I don't know. It's like, it's like the snake that is ta- chasing its tail. Where, which struggle?
1: Have <laughs> you ever tried <laughs> laughing and crying at the same time? I think it's they need a word for that.
0: It's, it's really baffling. <laughs> I mean, that's also a factor of production.
1: No, Absolutely. You know, sugar, it, yes, it's come down five shillings, but it's because of importation, yeah, you know, uh, flooding this market. And, you know, the right now the weather conditions have been so prime for local plantation, right. local Primes, and I think the big thing we've always discussed about in this show is the capacity of this country to produce. You know, why is it we are not producing as much, and why is it um, the prices in the market are not reflecting our ability to? um to, 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 to produce. Mm-hmm. So when I look at sugar, when I look at the agriculture sector, the agriculture stocks is saw Limuru tea. Yeah. Um what was down
0: it gave a profit warning.
1: A profit warning. But at
0: the same time the value of tea that was sold in the past uh, eleven months of twenty was it surpassed the country's total earnings. So I'm like, okay. These two reports are giving something different.
1: C- conflicting uh, I mean Last year, tea did extremely well. It did. Globally. Uh-huh. Um, even if you look at the just the, the land, right. the, the land in Limuru, exactly. that also appreciates. Yeah. It, it means even if you do nothing, the like land appreciates. Land and that's a bit about agriculture stocks. Uh, whatever you do above, as long as the <laughs> land is appreciating. So okay, it, it's, it's an interesting dynamic. But I think, l- I think one of my focuses for this will be the agriculture okay. sector. We need to get sector right okay. its production is low imports have really um, uh, made local production very difficult mm-hmm. and um, for me I think that'll be if there's a big theme this year I think will be very very much on agriculture and agriculture stocks.
0: I think that's counterproductive if you ask me but can give us the global prospect.
1: Uh, global prospects, um, obviously we said at the beginning geopolitics mm-hmm. will be huge. We'll be looking at a lot of elections. Uh, then the big Israel Hamas, right. What is that that those does, does to fuel mm-hmm. uh, Russia, Ukraine? what that does to prices of grain? Uh, but in Africa, particularly in Kenya, um, obviously the Eurobond in June, a lot of people are looking at that and their government's ability to service it. And the government has demonstrated its willingness okay. uh, to and capacity to be able to service it. Another thing is the outlook on the shilling. People always ask, when will this slide yeah. end? My expectation is possibly towards uh, June, July this year, okay. when you see global interest rates oh coming okay. down, right. so I expect to see still a bit of movement. Not as much as last year, right. but I expect uh, as we move to a new equilibrium, a bit. You know, today I think I exchanged dollars for 165. You know, it wow. was quite quite significant. So it's it's it 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 tells you people because a lot of we're importers, we're yes. net importers. Mm-hmm. So when that currency moves against us, everything becomes expected. Okay. But I f- expect us to find some stability mm-hmm. towards uh, June, July, okay. and hopefully that will bring a bit of uh, stability. I think agriculture will do well. All right. um, the weather seems yeah. very conducive. Yeah. We'll see milk prices coming down. Okay. I expect fuel prices to also come down with the non-OPEC okay. yeah. narrative I gave earlier. I expect interest rates. Um, no, that depends on government borrowing. Yeah. And the government raised the borrowing targets uh late last year because they said revenue collection is, mm-hmm. is like not where it needs, what it needs it, to yeah. be. So I think... We might see interest rates um, going up, mm-hmm. uh, but inflation going down, which is a strange situation because they tend to move in similar S- directions. Direction. So you might find inflation coming down, but still because of heavy borrowing, right. uh, because of the revenue targets not being met. might b- So a high interest rate here. Yeah. So we might find sectors such as real estate that are very tied to interest mm-hmm. rates might struggle a okay. bit because when people are borrowing mortgages, Yeah the interest rate counts a bit so we might find sectors but I expect agriculture to be a a good sector I feel real estate might struggle a bit Um, but I do feel um, things such as trade might come through
0: okay then I think we know where we are putting our money at (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much Ken we have reached the end of financial forecast and uh, you can catch us on SoundCloud and any other places that you get your podcasts from. For us, it is a good evening, and let us look forward to a really good and happy 2024. Good evening.